0: Today we are kicking off a series, we're going to be talking for a few weeks, a series called Deaf Mountains. And I know that sounds really, really weird, but, um, so, hey, hey, listen, listen, I need everybody to listen, and I'm not, I'm not going to speak for very long. And then we're going to have a little bit of fam time tonight. And then we're all going to close out together uh, here in a little bit. So we're kicking off this series called Deaf Mountains. And all of us, I would imagine, are familiar with the concept of faith. And maybe to some degree. uh, And and I don't know if that most of us really, though, understand the power of living a faith-filled life. You see, if you got your Bible tonight, we're in Matthew uh, 17. Verse 20, if you didn't, it's going to be up on the screen. You can read along with me. It says this, uh, Matthew 17, 20, it says this, Jesus says, Jesus said, you do not have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth, if you had faith, even as as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, listen, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing, this is Jesus talking. He said nothing would be impossible. See the reason the series is called Deaf Mountains is because I think sometimes that we don't really have the faith or we don't really um we don't really believe or or maybe we even doubt that if we speak to whatever mountain we're facing in our life it's probably not a literal mountain because there's are there any mountains in missouri I don't think so I don't know but But really, it may not be a literal mountain, but it may be something huge in your life that you're facing. And it can only be a move or an act of God to remove this from your life. And And so sometimes, like the verse says, if you say to the mountain, if you have even a little bit of faith, if you say to the mountain, move from here to there, It'll be done, and God is t- and and our thought is tonight is that maybe we doubt or maybe we don't have faith that we can speak to this mountain. And this mountain's like, what, what, what are you saying? I cannot hear you, because because we're 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 not speaking from faith in our lives. See, faith is the fuel that you and I must have in order to be to to live the fulfilling life that Jesus gave us to live. See, most of us, we go through life in our own effort. And I think what happens at some point, our our effort ends up with us being on empty. And there's only so far you can go on your own. There's only so far you can push. There's only so much strength that we have. And so the question really that I want to ask in this series is, what does it look like to have a faith-filled life? What does it look like to have a faith-filled life? life. Hebrews 11.1, and and if you're familiar with the Bible, uh, Hebrews 11, it talks about, or or some people call it, uh, it's a whole chapter of, they call it the heroes of faith. These people that the Bible uh, lists as people that we should look up to and that we should recognize as heroes in the Bible, and we call them heroes of faith. So Hebrews 11.1, it says this, faith shows us the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. And then Hebrews eleven six 6 says this. It is impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. In this room, I would hope in this room there's a lot of people, and, and, and if you, uh, maybe you don't believe this way, and that's okay, we're really glad you're here as well. But there's a lot of people in this room that you say that you believe that God exists. <clears throat> and I, and I want to tell you tonight, to, tonight, if that's you and you say you believe that, then we have a God who cares enough to respond to those who seek him. So we're going to look at the life of Abraham and, um, in Genesis 12, one through four, it says this, the Lord said to Abraham, leave your father's country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land I will show you and I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All families on earth, all families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord instructed. Has anybody ever uh, moved in your life, like you've moved maybe from one house to another? I'm not like saying like you got in the car tonight and you moved from your house to here. I'm saying like you packed up everything in your house and you moved from one place to another place. How many? How many would say in here in your life you've moved three times? Right. Actually, let me let me ask you this: How many of you guys have you lived in the same house? Always, up to this point. Okay. How many of you say you have moved five times? Wow. Okay. How many in this room you've moved uh, seven times? A few of us. How many, uh, let's say 10. Anybody moved 10 times? Wow. Yeah. I, I would say in my life, I've probably moved at least 12 to 15 times throughout my life. And growing up, and into where I am now, and and it's a lot of moving. It was a lot of going from from one school to another school, one place to another place, one town to another town, one group of friends to another group of friends. And moving isn't easy, and it's not fun, and it's it's a hassle, and and it's such a struggle because you gotta you gotta go out and find all these boxes, you gotta wrap up all your stuff and throw them in these boxes carefully, and you gotta it, it's is you're going from one house. To the other house, I found a picture. Um, so a few years ago, we moved like a street over from where we already lived, and we have one of those big trampolines. You know what I'm talking about? And I found this picture the other day, and I forgot to actually bring it here. Um, but I found this picture of uh, all the people who were there helping us move. We lifted up the trampoline over our heads, and we walked it down the street from one house to the other house. There's a pretty awesome picture somewhere of it, but. Um, it's really difficult to move because you gotta pack up all your stuff, you gotta put it in boxes, you gotta load it in a truck, you gotta drive it to somewhere, you gotta unpack all your boxes, you gotta, it's just, it's terrible. Don't do it, don't do it. Try not to move. Anyways, Abraham though, he lived a very comfortable life. He was very comfortable. He, He had everything he could ever want and then some, but he didn't have a purpose. He had everything. But he didn't have a purpose. See, mo- most people want to want to feel like that they have a reason to belong on this earth. I think I would say, as a as a pastor, what's well, one of the major questions that you get is like, "What's my purpose? Why did God even create me? What am I here for? What am I supposed to do with my life?" And that's the 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 big question a lot of people have. They want to discover their purpose. They want to know why God made them and what His plans are for their lives. And so uh, I want to look though real quick. There's this guy in the Bible. He's called uh, the rich young ruler. Anybody ever heard of him? So Mark 10, 17, it says this. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him. He knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What do you, why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you must know the commandments. You must not murder, must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, you must not cheat anyone, honor your father and your mother, Uh uh, teacher, the man replied, I obey all these things, uh, all these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There's still one thing you haven't done, he told him. He said, go and sell your possessions and give your money to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven then come and follow me. And at this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. He wasn't willing to give up anything to inherit eternal life. See, living a faith-filled life is about a willingness to step out of comfort so that we can step into our purpose. See, we got to step out of our comfort to be able to step into the purpose that God has planned for us. We live in a you may not feel like it or you may not even think it, but we live a pretty comfortable life. We're pretty comfortable and I don't want to put down any, anyone's struggles or any, any, anybody's, uh, the way they live or the house that they're from or the town that they're from or whatever, but the reality is that just living in North America alone puts you in the top 1% of comfort around the world. The, the average median income globally, is $1,225 a year. Now, again, I'm not trying to put down anyone's struggles or anyone's problems that anyone's facing in this room, but maybe, just maybe, the reason that so many people feel like that they're living without purpose is because they were too dependent on comfort. We're too dependent on being comfortable all the time. Anybody, like, you get home and you got to put on your comfortable clothes? You know what I'm talking about? You walk in the door and you're like, get my sweatpants. Anybody? No, oh, okay, that's just me or a few of us, all right. Like, I got to take off my shoes. I hate wearing my shoes. You know, like, I just want to get comfortable and just lay around. And And though I'm not saying, like, that's the problem, but part of what we struggle with is that we are so... Um, caught up in trying to be comfortable with everything that we do. See, I don't believe God has called us to live a comfortable life, though. He's called us to live a purposeful life. You can't live a purposeful life, though, apart from a faith-filled life. So how do we begin to develop this faith-filled life, and, and how do we begin to develop our faith so that we're able to step out and step into our purpose? Jeremiah 33, listen please, verses 2 and 3. I want everyone to take one more step forward. It says this, this is what the Lord said. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it, and established and established it, the Lord is his name. Listen, I want you to catch this part, please. This is him. He says, Call to me, and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and unsearchable things. You do not know. So talking about our faith and talking about, you know, a lot of us are trying to find our purpose and our meaning and what we're supposed to be doing with our lives. And, and here's what God, he's speaking to us. And he's saying, here's what you need to do. Here's how you figure it out. You call to me. And I'll tell you these great unsearchable things. You call out to me. You reach out to me. And I I will help you take that next step. You reach out to me and I will lead you in the, the way to go. And then he says this, Psalm 37, it says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, the Lord upholds him with his hand. See, every single step of faith that you take is supported by God. Every single place that you go is supported by God.